Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of Cracked Interviews Live. Well, I guess it's not really Cracked Interviews Live, but welcome back to another portion of our live coverage of the 2019 ITA National Men's Indoors Tournament. I am so fortunate today to be joined by by far the most qualified co-host I get to work with, Chris Hallioris of College Tennis Ranks. Chris, thank you for doing this, of course. Oh, absolutely. Glad to be here. I mean, we're what? It's 3 p.m. on day one, and I am already overwhelmed with tennis. We've seen four matches so far. You know, that means there's been 24 singles matches, uh, 12 doubles matches, a ton of tennis. And I, even before we get into any of the individual results, Chris, it is so great to be back at one of these events. You can just tell from the vibes in the building, everyone is so excited for the start of the year. Oh, it's great. they got a good setup for the fans out on the main courts here. Uh, you know, I've already lost my voice two matches into the first <laughs> Not day. Not only your voice and your press pass. So, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's been a great day. What can I say? Yeah, it, it's been a ton of fun, obviously. We've had some some really interesting results tennis-wise that we will get into in a in, in a little bit, but yeah, it's it's really funny because sometimes you know you, you take a while, you go to a challenger event like we did in Cleveland, you go to Cincinnati, you go to Stowe Mountain as we've gotten to do for Cracked Rackets, and just none of that matches the atmosphere of college tennis. You've got all of these guys wearing all of their school gear. You've got contingencies of parents for both teams. Obviously, you've got your Mississippi State gear on. Everyone seems to have showed up for this event. And I don't know if I've seen a facility nicer. Uh, you know, I may have seen some as nice, but nothing nicer than this Midtown Athletic Club. Oh, this yeah, this place is great. It's I mean, unbelievable. You've got 16 tennis courts here, like 3 million square feet of athletic facility. <laughs> the kids are walking around FaceTiming me from a boxing ring and a <laughs> workout at a cycling room. And, you know, and they've got a restaurant. They've got, you know, a swimming pool, everything. We've the, got a recording studio. Yeah, a little <laughs> spot to do the show here. I mean, it's it's great. Every, I mean, th- yeah, this, this facility is outstanding. And so, you know, they, they really did – the ITA did such an excellent job setting all of this up. And I think, you know, now that we've set the scene – we should talk about the tennis because there have been some fantastic matches. Because there was so much action, you and I were forced to split up in the morning rounds. Now, I think that will help us in these recaps because we both got to see all of the tennis. But the match we have to start with, our biggest upset of the morning session thus far. And I should say, in this podcast, we'll be recapping the first four matches of the day. Uh, later on, we will be talking about the later four matches. So in this one, we'll be doing Mississippi State versus TCU. We'll be doing UCLA versus... I'm already losing track. Illinois, Columbia versus Wake Forest, and who is that last match? Blumberg, UNC versus I was watching him versus Baylor. Thank you very much. And so I think the reason I'm so scatterbrained is because right from the get-go, I was made to look like an idiot. Our Mississippi State Bulldogs, your Mississippi State Bulldogs, the number two seed in this event, upended by TCU in a 4-1 match that was just – it was two completely separate matches between doubles and singles. Yeah, it got off to, uh, you know, the Bulldogs got off looking for their 18th straight doubles point, uh, got really slow start on two and couldn't recover, and that one ended pretty quick. Uh, yeah, it was 6-1 or 6-2. Um, they lost that, but they were up a break early and kind of ran away on three, and it all came down to court one in the doubles. They end up going to a tiebreaker, and what a point in the breaker at 6-5 Mississippi State, a long rally, and a really unlucky balance for r- unlucky bounce for TCU when Nuna, both, both the Rybakoff and Gray are at the net. Nuno goes to hit a passing shot. 
it clips the net. <laughs> no chance to make the volley. Lands in, and they take the doubles point. And I mean, one of the biggest things we talked about coming into this, and it feels like we did our kickoff weekend recap months ago, uh, but one of the things, you know, given how much returning talent there was on every team that, that made it to this event, given that there are a lot of seniors mixed in already on all of these teams, the biggest thing we looked for was continuity. And I think that doubles continuity for Mississippi State, they know who they want playing as their three teams and what positions they want them in. That really played to their benefit in this one. And as you mentioned, you know, they take a, a 6-2 decision at three doubles. They lose a 6-3 sec, uh, at two doubles. And to get that 7-6 from one doubles, I have to imagine as a fan, you know, you take the doubles point, you're like, okay, we, we're looking pretty good thus far. Yeah, well, honestly, I thought it was a must doubles point for us because we, we knew that singles match was going to be, I mean, as we ended up seeing, maybe from a seeding standpoint, some people may not have thought, but but TCU's no joke, and they were, they're they're solid up and down that lineup, and and they came out. I mean, they played really well, and sure, there were a couple surprises. I mean, it, probably one of the bigger surprises was at six. Those two guys had already played this year, so there was a hidden duel in January where these two teams played. Not all the same matchups, but but Nuno did play Rybakov. And uh, and Florian Broska did play Sandra Young at, at six, and Broska had won pretty easily out in January, and it was exactly the opposite today. So that was uh, getting that second point on the board for TCU, uh, and then you know slowly all six first sets really really put the the Bulldogs in a tight spot. And again, I, I wasn't I didn't get to watch this match as fully as I would have liked, and when I came over, you know. Mississippi State had already lost all six first sets. So when you were watching this match, I know Trevor was up. I think you mentioned 4-2 before. I, I, you know, I was doing a little bit of scoreboard watching, but it really felt like you know, from the get-go, TCU jumped off, uh, jumped out onto Mississippi State, got a lot of early breaks throughout the match. You know, is that what you saw? Was it something where they just ran out to an early lead and kind of held on to it the rest of the way? Well, I, I know Mississippi State's a little bit banged up right now. I know the flu bug seems to be getting through all of these teams, but what was it in particular, do you think, that allowed TCU to jump out so quickly? Yeah, well, I don't know what it, what let them get out quickly, but they absolutely did. So I started watching on the one courts one, three, and five side. Like you said, Trevor got up a break. Nuno, you're never too worried Seven, about. I mean, six it's gonna be man, it's gonna I'm be saying. tight no matter what. Uh, and Strali went down early. I jumped over to the court two, four, six side, and as soon as I get there, I see we're down breaks on all three courts, and TCU really ran out quick. And the next thing I know, it's five love on on six, and it's four love on four. And, uh, yeah, they just, I mean, they put the hammer down. They grabbed those first sets quick. We fought back, and it was, you know, it was still very, very tight in there. Uh, we ended up dropping a couple matches. Uh, but, you know, there, there was a third. They were in the third set on two. Trevor was serving for the second 6-5 uh, on his court after coming from 5-2 down. Uh, Strali had break points at three, at four, five. Yeah, he, he had, had chances to get that Yeah, to he five had a couple all. break points there. Uh, so, yeah, it looked like. Just a couple points, and they could have been right back in it. But you know, credit to TCU, they they did what they had to do. So we'll we'll get to the TCU side in a second. But I obviously do want to talk about Mississippi State because it's not often you see a two seed lose. You know, first round round of sixteen here at the indoors. Now for this Mississippi State team, we should mention, despite you know they make the quarterfinals last year, I think they only lost twice or three times in total during the season, and they you know they didn't even make the indoors last year. So we know this is a team that gets better as the season goes along. Now that being said. This year's version of the team, a little bit older. They all are experienced. They all know, you know, we have limited chances to do things like this, to play for a national title. So it's that much more important. 
you know, this match was 4-0, but as we've talked about, it, it was six points make the, the difference between this match being 4-0 and 4-2, or, you know, they're still out there battling in the third set. Rybakov, Nuno, seemed like it was destined to go 7-6 in the third. What's your takeaway for this Mississippi State team? Should fans like us be concerned that, you know, despite all of the veteran depth, maybe the upside just isn't as high as a Florida or as a Wake Forest teams that are trying to still find their bearing? Or do you think this is just a blip for your Bulldogs? Yeah, I don't, I'm, it's, I don't think it's anything to be too concerned about. I think they, uh, you know, it was it was close. You're going to have close matches like that. I think, as I had said in our kind of our preview, I think the top 15 teams here uh, – any one of them can beat any of the other teams. So you're going to run into tough matches. You're going to have a tough day every now and then. I don't. I mean, you know, like you said, they'll get better during the year. Heck, we got an opportunity to come back and play Baylor tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the rest of the year starts Which, tomorrow morning. You know, a little bit of a spoiler there, obviously, as UNC beats Baylor in the next round. But before we move on to that match, I do want to ask <coughs> this TCU team, we did not think their strength would be three through six, right? We thought, okay, you have Rybakov on top. You're going to need to ride him a lot this year. You've got Alistair Gray, another returner, restalled there at two and three. We expected those top three to be in every match, but yet to see them get, you know, wins from Famba, who just hit the crap out of the ball. And I'm trying not to swear. I'm sorry. But just hit the crap out of the ball at five. You've got, you know, Jung at six hitting, just playing such a solid match. They get a win from Kruger. Obviously, Stalder's able to close out. You've mentioned all these top 15 seeds are strong, so it's unfair to ask, is any team underranked when the rankings this year are just kind of irrelevant? But this this result for TCU, I mean, it is huge. Yeah, and honestly, it probably wouldn't be as shocking had they not lost to Tulsa. Ex- exactly. Right? If they had not lost that match to Tulsa, they go 4-3 and we're up 3-1 on Florida. Yeah. Right? It, it, and we're right there, and everybody probably looks at them as, hey, they're a top seven, top eight team except for the fact that they lost to Tulsa, right? <laughs> exactly. So so that one, you know, that one one day for them ends up ends up making it look like oh, they're the 15 seed, but trust me, yeah, they're, you know, they, like it's like saying USC's the 13 seed, right? I mean, <laughs> exactly. it's and any of these teams can do it. Yeah, and so for TCU, as you mentioned now, they match up with number 7 seed UNC, who I believe was a 4-0 winner over Baylor today. Now, we should mention Baylor today. Played without Roy Smith. Played without, not Jimmy Bendick, whom I'm... I'm Juan Benitez. Yeah, Juan Benitez. Thank you. So, you know, they're two players short, but still, this was another match where we saw the doubles point, just gaining that early momentum was so important, particularly for a North Carolina side that knew, you know, Baylor's already two men down. If we can get them down, it's going to be really hard for them to come back. And I think that's what we saw in this one. Yeah, and I th- the surprising thing to me was with, with obviously Smith is out injured. Benitez didn't even make the trip. I'm not sure if Smith is here. I know he's hurt. But uh, usually if you think at this level you have to pull your number one and your number two and play ev- and move everybody up, you would think you're going to be hurting up to – I mean, you may be hurting all the way through where they were actually in the match – was it one, two, and three? I, I almost swore on instinct, but that's really effing hard to do. Like, yeah. I completely how agree do, How that. do you lose your top two guys against North Carolina, who everybody knows is a legit top team, and they go, they're going three sets on one, two, and three, and, and Carolina has to win four, five, six, and doubles to win the match? Yeah, well, I mean, so, again, this was the match I was sitting on, and we should say there are 12 courts here. You know, it's two banks of three on one side, two banks of three on the other, a bank of four and two maybe, and that's the one where they played UNC and Baylor, and – the first thing I have to say, and I mentioned this in our preview article, which you should all go check out at crackedrackets.com, talking about the indoors. Will Blumberg at two doubles is a joke. 
I mean, that kid might be the single most talented player in college tennis, and he's playing two doubles. And to have him matched up with a senior in Blaine Boyden at two, you know, when Coach Paul for North Carolina saw that the doubles was coming down to that court, it's got to be smiles in his head. He's like, that is exactly who I want under pressure. And, and, and it's just – I mean – I just think this North Carolina team, as you mentioned, the depth, the fact that they seem to have an order, you know, Blumberg's the guy up top. It always helps when you have a solid number one, the fact that they don't worry about their depth. There are so many options for them, four through six. This is a scary team to come up against. Yeah, and kind of like we were talking about TCU, had they not lost to Tulsa with North Carolina, had they not lost to Texas, we'd be say they'd be a top five team, and we'd all be, you know, they'd be right there. They're... I mean, I did my so I did my research in the build-up to this, and you talk about that losing to Texas. First of all, that's a match in Austin, always tougher to do. I think this North Carolina team, given how hard Seguin, given how hard Blumberg hits their forehands, will be an even better team indoors. I also think they lost. I think it was three of the four three-set matches in the, in that Texas affair. You know, three-set matches are the definition of either-or matches in tennis. So, I think there is a lot of confidence to be taken from that loss and. As you mentioned, the fact that it was Blumberg, the fact that it was Seguin that lost sets for them, uh, the fact that it was, I think, Peck split with Will Little at three. And let me say on a side note, anything Baylor does this season will be on, you know, the shouting of Will Little. He is their spiritual leader. He's the McCain Kessler to their team, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, but still, there's just – I think the top three uh, for, for North Carolina, those are big hitters, and that's just – that's a unique trait they have on their team that was really fun to watch. And that's even and and that's with putting Peck at three and dropping Cernuk to four. They had that would earlier in the year it had been flipped the other way. So yeah, those top. I mean, you say the top four, the top four are solid, but Boyden at five and Kiger at six. Boyden at five is really good. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. it's not like oh we dropped Boyden to five. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a that's a really good five, like you said. So yeah, there. I mean, you you've got a. You're North Carolina. You'll you'll take your chances against anybody on any given day, and you're not always going to win like they didn't at Texas. I think that match at Texas actually was indoors, uh, but uh, but you know you're you play another good team. You got a, you got a chance to lose. They lost one. They come back and and take care of business here. I think the most interesting thing is I could have told you you know Mississippi State versus Baylor would have been the quarterfinal match, and that's going to be a backdraw match. And I think that works best for Baylor. Now they get a shot at a Mississippi State team that they are not going to play during the Big 12 season versus playing a TCU in the front row. So I think you know quietly that works out well for them. But I don't know, you're thinking about which of these teams was most impressive today, and we'll talk about the later round of matches, but I, I mean, given what I saw Baylor do to Georgia in Ann Arbor, given what I saw Baylor do to Michigan in Ann Arbor, I know they weren't, you know, fully healthy coming into this match, and that, of course, is so important, but watch out, man, North Carolina... I know you loved USC. I think everything you said about USC coming into the year could be applied to North Carolina. Oh yeah, they're 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 deep. The only thing the only thing that I said about USC that I think you can't say about North Carolina right now is they don't have they're not as deep. They don't have that many guys, right? They they run down seven. I, I get to ten. Yeah, I they run seven sure, deep, sure, sure, right? Sure. Now, how often do you need to go past seven, <laughs> yeah. right? If two guys get hurt, okay, well, maybe they're in trouble. Ask Baylor. Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, so it, it, on the off chance that something like that happens, yes, they're they they can't rip out number eight, nine, or ten and play them, okay, mm -hmm. but. But absolutely, they're, I mean, they're, they're crazy good one through seven. Yeah, and we should say for the results in this one, UNC, as we mentioned, takes the doubles point. Then they get straight set wins from Kiger at six, Boyden at five, and Cernok at four. 
I mean, we'll get to see them play tomorrow, but if you were to do a little bit of a preview for UNC TCU, I know you don't have the UTR stuff in front of you, but what what are your thoughts initially on that match? Well, wow, Blumberg and Rybakov. That's a fun one, I right? mean, yeah, that's – I mean, how can you not want to watch that <laughs> match? I mean uh, – Lefty, too. And – and that'll be going on at the same t- same time, so I'll have to I'll have to do a little running back and forth between the Mississippi State Baylor match and that match. Can I also but just say, watching Nuno, watching Blumberg, watching Rybakov, with all due respect, I'm not going to include Shredder in that group, but watching those three, watching Petros play, those are pro players. The things they do are ATP caliber. The the Blumberg forehand is an elite college tennis shot. For Petros, it's his presence. It's just the fact that he's so confident on court. He carries himself like a professional. Uh, for Nuno, I mean, for Rybakov, that match was just an incredible uh, level. Yeah, that was great it's tennis. It's just so fun to great watch. Tennis. I have no point to make in terms of, you know, going into <laughs> I'm just saying all these guys are legit. Oh, ab- absolutely. And I'll tell you what, going back to – so looking at that, that North Carolina – TCU match. I had not really seen some of these TCU guys in person, and so Alistair Gray at two, the, the kid hits bombs for serves, and he is going to get to the net on you. So you know that that match for for he and Seguin, it's you know that's going to be a that'll be a quick pace match. match. Now, <laughs> now you know it might be even a little more fun if the indoor courts here were faster. These by all standards for indoor courts are pretty slow. Right, indoor I, that's courts. what I was going to say. It seems like it's hard to hit through these courts. I mean, yeah. When, when Will Blumberg isn't hitting forehands, you know, monster forehands through the court, to Shredder's credit for Baylor, he was so fast, but he was able to track things down. You could tell, you know, even Trevor's match against Famba, right? Like, these courts are a little bit on the slower side. Yeah, for sure. All right, and so if I were to ask you for a pick right now, UNC tomorrow versus TCU, who would you say? I'll, I'll take the heels 4-2. You stole my thunder. I think that's why I was, I was like thinking, like, how can I counter that? I guess I'd say I think the Tar Heels get doubles. I think they're really a solid doubles team. I think at three, when you've got Sundgaard uh, down there, that's a, a junior for them, a player, a guy who played two doubles for them when they made their national title run. He knows what to expect versus this TCU team. where It's really a lot of patchwork right now for the doubles teams. You can tell they're still trying to figure it out. I think they're a favorite. I think it comes down tomorrow, you know, Blumberg lost a first set where he was up a break the majority of the way today against Shredder. Rybakov obviously wins his first set and then is playing a second set tiebreaker as well against Nuno. I think that match, I think Stalder versus Peck at three, I think TCU needs those two. They really need doubles. And then, you know, Famba's just got to serve his way to a tie. I think that's got to be the recipe for them. I think UNC can have so many other things go wrong and still find a way to win this match. And I just think because they have a little bit better depth, because they have a couple more options, they're my pick as well. Um, Yeah. All right. Well, then let's move on to our afternoon matches. All right. Again, we've had some great tennis as well. And to any of you watching this on the video, I'm just clicking so that we have the scores in front of us so that we sound a little bit smarter. That's why I brought on Chris, so that we sound a lot a bit smarter. Um... Let's start with number three seed Wake Forest, who took out number 14 seed Columbia 4-2 in what, to me, has been the most intriguing match of the day thus far. Now, Wake Forest in this match wins a very, very comfortable doubles point, and that leads Coach Bresky. Uh, I didn't ask him, but I imagine intuitively it led him to bench senior uh, junior Borna Gojo for this match, not only in doubles, but he benched him in singles as well. You know, everyone bumps up a spot for Wake Forest, something that's certainly going to help them should they experience injuries later in the year. But still, at the halfway point of this match, Wake Forest had the doubles point 
in two first sets in the bag. Columbia had four first sets in the bag. They were up breaks on a couple of those courts where they had one first sets as well. And there was a legitimate moment where I thought, oh, my God, we're going to lose two of the top three seeds in the first, what, four hours of the tournament. Yeah, I don't know if I'd have gone that far, but I thought for sure we could be looking at a 4-3 match and a third set, you know, breaker for the – for for the last match, if they lose, do you have to think like, man, maybe we should fire Tony Bresky? Like he, he kind of effed us here. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm just kidding, coach. <laughs> so no, I thought the, so. The interesting thing there, obviously, obviously Goyo didn't play singles or doubles, and and uh, like you, I don't know why. Um, but on the flip side, and it, I also wondered if he knew ahead of time, uh, Columbia doesn't play Victor Fam, who I heard is dealing with a back injury. Okay. Heard a couple days ago. So so yeah, so they they pull their two. Wake pulls their one, so all in all, you go, eh, it's pretty much a wash, yeah, right? Exactly. But, uh, but like you said, they got they got two sets, and they were looking good, and they got those first three points on the board. But Columbia had the first set in all four of the remaining matches, and they were actually looking pretty decent in in those matches, and they just couldn't figure out how to close it out. I mean, that the match at three, I was I was sitting there watching Jackie Ta- Jackie Tang and and Estafio, and and five one tangs up and he can't get it done he had match points on his serve so yeah. for uh, so you mentioned this we should say wake forest races out to a 3-0 lead in the singles petros uh, just dominates jacqueline coming off the new york open appearance i think he wins that match 6-1 6-3 but was up i think 5-1 in that second set gave one of the breaks back still petros looks great and you'll hear from him later on we got the chance to interview him as well but he looked great. I thought Barr in that first set, yeah, you know, it got to five all, but he was the one really in control the whole time. And Brozzi for Columbia can just hit the snot out of the ball sometimes, and so he was able to stay alive. But you just – and he's walking by right now, so I apologize if you heard that. Um, but, you know, you just look at Barr bots are just so talented and able to do so many things. And, that you know, the, the disparity between the top level of Wake Forest and the top level of Columbia was pretty clear to anyone watching now. As you mentioned, you know, four through or three through six, Wake Forest has no idea what it's doing right now. They're trying to find any recipe that works. And for Columbia, I think their biggest strength was all those guys were fighters for them down at the bottom of the lineup. Yeah, and I think it, it looks like Wake settled in pretty good on the fact that it's Estafiu and and Kungu in those spots. And today it well, was. Solomon. We should we should mention though Gojo, right? We usually Gojo would be the one bumping everyone down. So Gojo slides into one, uh, right. Frisokos two, Bots are three, and then those next two guys, right? Correct. Those guys would be four five, and then you probably end up with a hey who's on six discussion, but uh, but they all slide up a, a, a little bit today, and yeah, they they made it really interesting. But every one of them. They put up a fight when it when they got their backs against the wall, and they just wouldn't let Columbia get easy points on the board. Uh, and, and and as as it still came down, it was a four-two match, right? Columbia does get uh, they get Austin Austin Wong wins on five, and they get a win on six from Pandol, and the Kungu ends up closing it out. Uh, but still, it's it's a close match. So I, I will say this, you know, as you mentioned, Columbia has match points on court three. That's a match that ends up not finishing. They have match co- points on court four in that second set. I think uh, Tim was serving for the match up 5-4 in the second, maybe up 6-5 as well in the second. He had a couple chances for Columbia 
And yet, you're right. Neither of them are able to close out those points. I think the difference is a lot of these Columbia players, grinders, right? They, they didn't quit on anything, but they didn't have that finishing shot they could turn to the way a Kungu, the way even a Zablinski uh, down on six can just bomb some forehands, hit their way out of trouble. It was actually really funny. Wake Forest, uh, the player on court six, got a, he dropped a huge F-bomb uh, after a, a call didn't go his way, and he got coded at that point, and the code is what threw him out, and that's what ended the match. So, oh, you know, you got to love college tennis when that's sort of stuff happens um but yeah if you're this wake forest team it's it's twofold right one we were on the precipice of losing this match and we were able to come back so that's really good but two just how physically exhausting this must have been for those guys three through six that's not the way you want to start in indoors when you're defending your title no but i i think they've got to realize that's with, with what they've got, if that's the lineup they're going to field, that's probably what they're in for every match. You expect to hopefully win one and two and and hopefully doubles, but you're going to you're gonna have a battle at three through six, and, you know, hopefully you, you get your share and you come out with it. But, but in all likelihood against the teams that are here, they're not walking away with matches at three through six. Uh, you know, those guys, their top is really good. The other guys, they're all good, but everybody here has guys at that level that you're going to be in three-set type type matches at, down at those positions. Exactly. I, I think w you alluded to it there, and I completely agree. Wake Forest got away with one today. They really they did not bring their best effort. And, you know, Brian Boland, uh, head coach of Baylor, used to always say, you know, the first match of the tournament is the, harder, and I'm, uh, the hardest, and I'm sure he's not the only one who says that. But for Wake, it really was a struggle today. Now, we'll end here on this Columbia team. I know Ivy League is not exactly, you know, no, they don't give scholarships to athletes and whatever, whatever, whatever. The depth's not the same, but... If you're telling me, you know, Columbia is going to be a, one of the 16 hosts for the region, if you're telling me this Columbia team can make an NCAA quarterfinal run, I completely believe it. Oh, absolutely. I they're, mean, this was without a healthy Victor fan, who's a you know, top two player. They're solid. I'll tell you, the, the, thing that I, the thing that I couldn't figure out with them is I know they play indoors. Um, you know, they're great indoors That's up there. They, play, they play indoors a lot. But when I watch the team, I look at them and I say, this is not an indoor team. <laughs> Every one of these guys is grinding from the baseline. Exactly. I don't see anybody hitting bombs coming to the net. There's no big servers. None of these guys are six six, six seven. You know, they look. They're they're a bunch of five ten, six foot kids. Uh, that, scrappers. That yeah, that are just getting to everything, and they're putting the ball in play. I mean, not just putting it in play. They're placing it well. They're hitting it with with you know with some good power but they're not they're not bombers they they look like they look like an outdoor team to me, so i'm surprised that they're you know yeah that they are such a good indoor team oh no i i completely agree with you they were really fun to watch and uh in our preview again i'm going to keep referencing it i said the two teams that i'd be shocked if they won tulane and then probably columbia but i put a little disclaimer in there like well indoors and you're right they they looked the part they were really really good in this match it just goes to show there's there's another team that we can't forget about when we're coming you know ncaa time in may you definitely got to think about them but let's talk about our final match of the morning session morning session you know it ends at 3 30 but still these are the morning four matches where we had number six seed UCLA take care of number 11 seed Notre Dame 4-1. Of course, this is a UCLA team that played at this building on Wednesday and lost to Illinois. Now, if I remember correctly, Illinois beat Notre Dame, or did they lose to Notre Dame? Illinois beat Notre Dame. Illinois beat Notre Dame, so the transitive property isn't in full flux right now. But you look at it for this UCLA team. You know, they get win. They win the doubles point in this one. They were unable to win the doubles point, I believe. Actually, I think they won the doubles point against Illinois as and well. And then lost four singles yeah, matches. Four singles. Yep. So for them in this match, to, to play as well as they did in singles, they get wins from the two, three, and five position. 
you know, this is a team that lost Connor Hans earlier in the year. We still don't know exactly when he's going to come back. I don't know. Do you believe in? That? I know. I know they won in this match, but uh, do you think the UCLA team, UCLA team is on the same caliber as the rest of the guys? Still, the team still in the front draw. I th they're dangerous. Okay, I'll say that. I think they're dangerous too. I think they're at the same caliber with the lineup they've got. No, right? They seem a player a short. Well, and with the lineup they played today, they're two players short <laughs> because they pulled Keegan Smith. Oh, that's well. well so he, they didn't pull him. I should say he rolled his ankle. I think. So in, so, right. Yeah. Right, he, but from singles, yeah, yeah exactly. he's he's out. So you so and then Cressy's match doesn't finish. So to think that they actually win the match four one without getting a win from Cressy or Smith indoors, who are both guys that are hit bombs that you would Smith love is, to watch Smith indoors. Is insane. Like yeah. I like very talented physically in terms of the tennis, but also just whoa. Yeah. <laughs> but to to think, hey, well they won four one, Cressy didn't win, Smith didn't win because he didn't play yeah. and which slides everybody up. And they're already right they're five six is the question mark for this team with Connor. That's a big blow losing Connor Hance. So they play Ben Goldberg uh, at five today, and they play Eric Hahn at six. They had been playing, I think, Slakian in there. I never heard uh, of Eric Hahn before today. But, uh, but uh, yeah, well, I know the names from looking at him. I can tell you of all those guys at the bottom, he's probably got the best UTR and hasn't been playing, and I don't know why. Uh, but Billy Martin decided today's the day, right? So, uh, so he plays six. Goldberg, though, I, that was a that was a huge win, and in my mind, a surprise for UCLA for Goldberg to beat Will Howells. I think it was five and one. You could tell yeah, me you're seven, looking. Five, six, one. Uh, so that that was a big win for them. Uh, you expected now that Nanda match was close, yeah. but but he did win. And you, I, I mean, him at three, I expect him to win. 90 plus percent of his it's matches. It's like how Soderlin played three for UVA when they won that title yeah, a couple years ago. I, he's he's going to win three. This is my first time really getting to see him. I know he won a ch uh, challenge or a future event a couple of weeks ago. I have to rely on you because I didn't make it over there to see <laughs> to see any well, of that. I was I was glued to the Wake Columbia match. I, was just, I didn't get to see that much. I think your description. I don't know if I trust him yet as much as I trust Seguin and Blumberg as a top two or as much as I trust Nuno and, and you know, just all of these guys who I've seen play before. So you're right. They were a player short today. You know, they really need Keegan Smith to come back because that, when you lose an Evan Zoo, when you lose a Martin Redlicky, when you lose a Joe DiGiulio, just an Austin Rapp, as much as they did last year, anyone with match experience is that much more important to your team. Now, that being said, you know, they seem to have found a recipe in doubles. They seem to have found I, – I, I don't want to butcher his last name. Z Z Zaraj, I think. Zaraj. First of all, Zaraj looks fat. Like, I thought for sure he's fat. He takes off his shirt. There's a full six-pack. I was like, what? Like, it, it made no sense to me at all. Um, but they've got some big hit. I mean, it's funny you talk about Columbia looks like an outdoor team playing indoors. Or it looks like an indoor team that should be playing outdoors. Whatever, I messed that up, but you get what I'm trying to say. UCLA is the exact opposite. They look like they were meant to play indoor tennis. Big guys, big serves, big hitters. Uh, yeah, absolutely. The, and the ironic part is they're from Southern California. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so how much indoor tennis are they playing there? But, but yeah, I mean, Cressy, Cressy, Smith, uh, you know, uh, Zaraj. I mean, there's, these guys are, yeah, it's not a not a team in the top four that I'm looking forward to playing indoors yeah, for sure. No kidding. And you look at this from the Notre Dame aspect. Yes, they lose this match, and it's got to be disappointing for them given the momentum they sort of had coming into this. But still, all three of their top three guys go three sets. You know, they have another three-set battle at six now, of course. As we mentioned, UCLA has replaced its players at five and six. But still, this Notre Dame team... 
<laughs> I, I, I apologize if any of them see this because it's a little disrespectful, but they're like the .75 version of Mississippi State. ton of returners. They know exactly what they want to do. It's just a question of, you know, uh, do they have the talent to match up with the absolute elite teams? Yeah, as you say that, the first thing that pops into my mind is all those same guys that are watching that feeling disrespected are going to go, but wait, our kid Matthew Gamble beat Trevor Fauché at All-Americans, <laughs> and that's like the bottom lineup. So wait, how are we the .75 of a Mississippi State? I love Nuno. But, <laughs> I fell in love yeah. with Nuno today. So, he was just but, incredible. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, I think. well, I think in, in part just because uh, it's not necessarily all like, like Axel Nephi, right, is that – He's new, right? Yeah, so it's not exactly. it's not the same team. So maybe they need a little bit of that about that team bonding. And I do think that you know as the season goes on and they get better, they they'll come together more as a team. But I think you know for them today, they they had to have Howells and Cabrera at five and six. I mean those were like two must win points for them to to upset UCLA. And and when that didn't happen, uh, I I think it was it was an uphill battle from there. No, I, I completely agree. I would also add, you look at the doubles point for Notre Dame. I think at two doubles they were serving for the the set at five four. I know at three doubles they broke back for five all, then immediately got broken back for five six uh, to go down. You you just can't have those little things happen. That's the important things. If you're going to give up a break or if you're going to get broken back, you know you just you got to consolidate. You've got to get back solid. You've got to just stay the course you know that's why you try and build those leads I know it's the first round match there's a ton of jitters but you know that that's the sort of thing you, you just cannot allow that to happen when the margins are this thin well and they're and even thinner right in college tennis because everything's no ad I mean exactly. every point exactly. is huge you can't miss I mean you can't miss anything and or or you pay the price and and those breaks are huge. and in doubles when you're playing one set to six games you know in all, in many cases, first break wins, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's tough. So then we'll end here, and then I want to do a little bit of fun thing before we go, and I see Westoff rolling his eyes in the background. But guess what? You asked for the live video, fans, so we're trying to give it to you. Um, it, you talk tomorrow, UCLA matches up with Wake Forest. Who knows what the bottom matchups are going to look like. Five and six could be Gojo versus Keegan Smith because everyone's injured or something, and it could be creative, but... You know, this is both teams. I think that's a rematch of last year's indoor final, if I remember correctly. These are teams that know each other. They know what they're going to try and do. I hope we get a free Sokos-Cressy matchup. I just think the contrast is out. Petros, the guy who stays quiet a lot of the match, will only give up a big, you know, fire up when it's a big point versus Cressy, who's always screaming. You know, that's just that'll be fun. Give me your preliminary thoughts. Who do you think is going to take that one? Well, my first thought is I don't even know what to make of the doubles point because— Well, if we have no you, Smith— you, Yeah, that exactly— with Smith in the lineup, I would Wake hasn't found their groove in doubles yet. I don't think. I mean, they've got good guys, but I, I'm not. I'm not sold there yet. Um, so I think. I think maybe advantage UCLA in doubles, but boy, I, I, oh gosh, with it's with tough, Cre right? Cressy and Smith, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say we see we see Goyo tomorrow at one. So it's For Goyo sure. Risojos and. And that's you know, those are such good matches. Maybe you split them. I don't. I mean, I, it's too close to call. So you split those. You get down low. Even though Wake's weak spot, you know, quote unquote weak, weak spot, right? If there's a weak spot, is going to be down low. It's that their their weak spot down low is stronger right now than UCLA's weak spot mm -hmm. down low. So I think Wake finds a way to 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 get 
five and six, and and we probably see Wake come out of it in a four two ish type fashion. I, I think the, their match is all about the doubles point, right? Because let's assume on uh, a relatively unhealthy Keegan Smith tries to play tomorrow. Well, then, you know, at two against Petros, you do not want to play Petros when you're hurting. Similarly, if they just pull Keegan Smith altogether, you're a freshman in Nanda. You know who I don't want to play is the defending NCAA singles champion in a match. You know, that is the last thing in the world you want to face. So I think doubles are that much more important. Now, if... Wake Forest is able to take that doubles point. You talk about their their talent. They have the, the returners. You bring back Gojo. You've got Petros, Barr. Uh, you know, it's just so many options. I just think at that point it gets really hard to overcome. Now I think for UCLA, given that they don't know what they're going to do tomorrow at 5 and 6, you know, they got oh, – you don't want to say lucky, but they didn't lose either of those matches today. You can't bank on that being the trend for the entire week. They've got to get doubles. And they, and they looked good today in an indoor match against Notre Dame. But I just think if any recipe for them winning includes them getting doubles. Yeah, totally agree. I don't see them pulling off four singles matches. Exactly. It could happen. I just I don't see it. So I think I think for them, doubles is a must win. I think Wake could could still manage to get four four singles matches and win without the doubles point. But I think for UCLA, it's a, it's a must win at doubles. Uh, I, think, I think for them probably – they, they got to be looking for Nanda to win at three, get one of their top two guys. Cressy probably Cressy or over Go- Well, yeah. I watched Cressy beat Gojo in Cleveland exactly. like a week ago. I, the, I ball boyed. Yeah. I didn't just watch yeah. it. I ball boyed it. <laughs> ball so boy. I've seen that match. <laughs> I mean, can you say ball boy at your age? <laughs> ball man. Ball man. <laughs> <Okay>. Sorry. <laughs> and then, and then if, so if they can do that, if they can get one, they can get three, they can get doubles. Four, five, and six. They got to find one of them. I mean, you, you, and you got a puncher's chance. So uh, you got to make Wake probably the favorite, but it'll it'll be fun to watch. And and I'll tell you what, I would I would actually look forward if Smith is unable to go. I think seeing that Nanda Risohos match, the 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 hot freshman coming in versus the veteran national champion, that'll be a fun match to oh, watch. That would certainly be a great contrast. Uh, let's end here. You know, we, We've given our predictions, but of these morning matches, we've seen, as I mentioned, so much tennis. Give me your top singles performer, your top doubles team you saw, and the thing you'll be watching most from, or the this thing you saw of the eight teams we saw this morning. Give me one thing that intrigued you the most. Wow, you're really gonna make me. Th- we have a we have a studio now. I get to ask the big questions. Yeah, you're gonna make me think. <laughs> Sit back my, in your chair. This is a thinker. My top single. You know, I, well, I'll tell you the top singles. It, it's not even a top singles performer. It was the top singles performance that Nuno Rybakov match. Best match we've seen all of us. Unbelievable so far level. Completely agree. Rybakov takes six, seven, six. They're in a breaker in the second. That we're all hoping Nuno wins so that we get to see another set of this yeah. if if we could somehow watch the match. I mean, that match was from both guys, and it it wasn't. There were no points being just given up cheaply. I mean, it was great, great level of tennis on that court. Nuno's so skinny, but when he wants to crank up a forehand, you're just like, what? You're weird. You're looking <laughs> like, like you. You don't think of him as the big hitter. Yeah. You don't. Th- you think of him as he's. He is a great ball placement from no matter where you put him. He places the ball well, and then all of a sudden, the forehand just comes out of nowhere. He just and strikes the ball so beautifully. It's clean. Yeah. It's very and, clean. And to Rybakov's credit. I mean, both guys, it was, we're not quitting on anything. We, I know where you want to hit. You know where I want to hit. Good luck. And I agree. Best match we saw. And, I, and the other thing I really liked about it, both guys, I don't, I, you know, every now and then they would ask, how would you see it? But 
neither one of those guys is out to hook each other. They look like they have a ton of respect for each other, and it was fun, you know, it was fun watching. And they, hey, telling each other, nice shot. They know yeah, when, exactly. you know, it was just good tennis. I have to put a flyer as well out for Tim Wang versus Kungu at four for the Wake Forest Columbia match. Even Daniel Westoff, who's not the biggest tennis watcher, was going, wow, these guys are good. And it's just neither of them could hit a winner on these courts because, you know, as you mentioned, they're not the fastest courts in the world. And just for that level of play at the four singles position, it speaks to – just how high quality all of these matches are. Doubles team that you like the most, though. Doubles team that I like the most. Well, I think uh, I think I'm going to have to stick with the Bulldogs, who've won now 18 <laughs> straight doubles points. Which, if you're going to take anything positive, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I take my positive note and the and the impressive win that we got from uh, Trevor and Gregor on three. Those two now have still yet to lose a match this year, fall or spring. The pair themselves is undefeated. They've helped the the guys win. Uh, win 18 straight doubles points. That, to me, for what I thought was going to be facing Fomba with that monster serve at three doubles, I thought was going to, you know, be a challenge, and they kind of walk away with their 6-2. That was pretty impressive. Sure, you've gone from at college tennis ranks to at one proud uncle. Yeah. So, yeah, I completely agree. Trevor looked great today. I would say, huh, my most impressive doubles team. That's a very good question. If I'm going to be honest... I'd say the thing I'm most impressed in this transitions into my last thing, the most intriguing part. No singles double team, no single doubles team, and I didn't get to see Mississippi State has stood out to me. It really does feel like when you're watching these teams, they're all still trying to figure out who should be playing with who, who should be where. Now, of course, we missed JJ Wolf and Martin Joyce playing, you know, two seconds ago, and we'll see Ohio State. I'm sure probably won the doubles point, and that's the obvious answer for teams that have their doubles figured out, but. That's the biggest thing to me right now. None of these teams seem to know what they want to do doubles-wise, and I just think not this week, even if you don't win the tournament, if you can come out with maybe two doubles pairings that you feel comfortable about, that's a victory for your team. Yeah, there are. I mean, you've probably got a handful of teams here still searching for for not only both doubles pairings as well as what's that? What's what are we settling on at the bottom <laughs> exactly. of the lineup? Right, you got a lot of teams in here that are still that have maybe five through eight, and they got to figure out who is it. It's, you know, USC's got this dilemma. Florida's got this dilemma. Wake's got this dilemma. I, I mean, we're talking we're some... we're going to get to see Florida later. You just woke me up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Florida-USC, right? I, yeah. I had tweeted, I don't know, yesterday or the day before, ironically, as I was putting the UTRs together, those are the two highest-ranked Power 6 UTR teams in the tournament. Yeah. And they're playing each other first in the first round. round. So... Uh, yeah, we get we get them coming up after the after the two matches going on now. Yes, well, you know, we want to go watch some of that tennis so that we can do another one of these podcasts for you. And Westoff is giving me a look like, Alex, if you're doing this for four matches, you're so lucky we divide these episodes into two. So we want to thank all of you listeners for watching this and stick around or at least come back later because we will have coverage of the final four matches. That's OSU Tulane, Virginia versus Stanford, Texas versus Illinois, and USC versus Florida later tonight. But for my wonderful co-host, Chris Hallioris, for our super producer, Dan, Daniel Westoff in the background. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. I know this isn't technically one of that, but Chris, what do we tell our listeners? Hey, great shot. <laughs> I love it. I've never seen you do it in person, so it's even better. <laughs> well, maybe I did it in NCAAs, but that's a story for another time, and we will see you all after these next four matches. Thanks, everyone.